0: Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila
1: with your host, Kristen Olson.
0: Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Tequila. (laughs) It is day two of Be Golden. We're super pumped to be here. We have Sunny sitting across from me. She is going to talk about uh, spirit animals, (laughs) her work, what she does, where she came from, why she does what she does. These are all questions she didn't even know that I was going to ask her, but I'm going to kind of let her go. Um, And like I said, we're at Be Golden day two. Lots of energy, lots of workshops going on. We're kind of in the mix of day two. So, I'm pumped about this conversation because Sunny is, hails from the fitness world and we'll get in, she's an entrepreneur, she's building a brand, uh, but I'm excited to dig on, dig into the human side of your perspective and all the things you want to share. So without further ado, I'm going to let you run with the
1: mic here. Get as close as you want to the mic. I know you're comfortable. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, Um, I really appreciate being here. Um, My name is Sunny Bain and I live in Lexington, Kentucky, and I have my personal training business there called Sunny Bain Fitness. Um, yeah, so that's that's me.
0: So tell me, how did you? And I'm eating. So pardon me, you're gonna be able to hear this. We're multitasking at all levels this weekend. How did you get into the fitness world? How did this come about? Like, tell me a little bit about childhood or what brought you into
1: fitness. Okay, so my entire life, I was into sports. Well, starting when I was ten, I played football and um, then softball and basketball for a year. I wasn't a good basketball player. Um, and then going into college, I played softball for a year. And then after that, I went to, um, or I, I started to get in the horse industry, and I wanted to learn to ride racehorses and have that as my career. So one girl, she told me, she was like, Sunny, you have to get fit. And I was like, okay. So I walked into a gym in Ocala, Florida. And Were you otherwise not fit, like playing all these no, sports? Like no, kind of, I, I played sports, but I wasn't, like, fit. Like, like I didn't, I didn't I saying, know anything what, what about the gym. I would go into the gym. I would, like, go in the gym and, like, do a sit-up. And a push up and then like walk on the treadmill and then leave because I had no idea what to do. Yeah. And so um, I saw a girl walk by and I was like, oh, my God, I want my legs to look like that. And I went up to her and I was like, hi, um, can you help me? I really want to look like you and and not creepy at all. No, not creepy. (laughs) Definitely creepy. And she was Crystal was just like, yeah, I'm actually a trainer and at at another gym. And so I was like, Okay, you're hired. Um, What do I do? And so she was, she's been my only in-person personal trainer. And she like shaped me as a trainer in the gym. She taught me everything. I hired her every day that like for like five days a week for a month because I had no idea what a program split was or how to lift, how to exercise. And so she was she worked me really hard because I was like, I wanna be really light. I need to lose 30 pounds. And I current and I weighed 140 pounds because I wanted to be a jockey. Holy so cow. I wanted to get down to 110 pounds, which for me I know y'all can't see me, but like I, I'm a thick girl. Like I can't, you know, muscle-wise. And thirty pounds—that's a lot. That's though. a lot. For I you. don't when see when you're 140. How much do you weigh now? Just 140. Oh, between. How oh fluctuate between 140 and 145. So did you get down to 110? I got down to 125 and looked really sick, and I was yeah. very exhausted and um, not very strong. But anyway, she would work my legs, and if you do work out, you know, like your legs three times a week, and so I look back now, and I'm just like. What? Oh, but she yeah. was crazy and in, in a great way and taught me, like, everything. So went with her and got really fit and then kind of fell in love but also didn't fall in love with fitness. Like, I, I had a, like, love-hate relationship with it, and it took me probably 60 days to really be on board with working out. Yeah. Um. Because it was just – I mean, it's hard in the beginning. You yeah. know, it's really painful and, like, you're really sore. And um. so – Then after that, I went to, I moved to, I went to New York, Saratoga, New York and Gallup for Bill Mott. He's a, like a hall of fame race horse trainer. I don't know if you've, I don't, a lot of my friends, actually my
0: dad's brothers, kiddos are super into horses and that sport never struck my
1: family. So I'm pretty, Bill Mott is like LeBron James.
0: Oh, like he's like super
1: famous. Yeah. Bill's amazing. Okay. And so I rode for him up there and like, they really took care the only thing that saved me was that I was fit. Oh, okay. but, I mean I got thrown from horses and like kicked in the head because I just didn't know because racers are just different than regular and you didn't horses. like fitness like you walk out and your legs are sore. of this you're getting kicked ahead by an animal no like I didn't it's I was quite like a resilience. fitness was like I would go to the gym and like be mad about it I would be like god I'm only here for the horses and they're killing me <laughs> and so like I would go in and then and then I got to where it was like therapy for me it was like yeah. a stress reliever from like a bad day at work I would go in I would work out and um, started to really fall in love with it. And then my body, I started posting like body transformations, which was weird for me in the beginning. And this was kind of before people really started doing that. Like if you go way back on my Instagram, you can see it. So like 2012 2010? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, 2012 probably. Oh, I would have to go back and look. But
0: anyway, I look at
1: and and I posted it. I remember my first picture. I was like, um, I'm not used to posting this, but I'm really proud of my transformation. And um, then people would ask me, what are you doing? How can yeah. I like? How can I do this? And so exactly I started. Yes, and so like I started like just telling my friends what I did, and then people would come work out with me. And so for probably the first four years, I just helped people for free, and would just like what they wanted like programming, and I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. And so then I really started to love it, and got my certification through NASM, um, just a regular cert- a CPT. And then after that, I started to, I trained people. I traveled the East coast. I was in Florida with Beaumont and, uh, cause the, the race were travel. So like we were in New York oh, okay. during the, the summer months and then in Florida during the winter months.
0: So you're competing just really quickly. So I understand like the landscape, you're competing like in races with these horses.
1: And is that right? Um, so I was the exercise, I was an exercise rider. Um, what does because that mean? so exercise, rider, so the horses have to exercise every day. So basically oh. you go in and you have your set list of horses So I would have maybe between five and eight horses a day. And then you gallop them at the racetrack. Like if you go out to Keeneland, if you know about Saratoga or any of the big tracks, they go out, they gallop and exercise, and then you cool them down um, in the barns. And the jockeys are the ones that actually race ride them. Oh. And then there's a trainer. So the trainer tells you what to do. The exercise rider comes in and says, okay, and goes out and like he might say, gallop a mile and a half today. And you get paid for that? Oh yeah. Oh okay. Paid, yeah, the riders get paid really, really well. That's why like I wanted to go, and I was like, I want this to be my career. So later, oh, I got it. Okay. Yeah. I because passion, want... but career-minded. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Yeah, and I wanted to be a racehorse trainer. Got so it. I actually wanted to train racehorses, and then I got into it, and I was like, whoa! Like there's a lot that goes into racehorse training in terms of like you're seven days a week, you don't have a day off, and so I kept up with fitness then. I kept, and then I started like eating well, and when I started eating well, everything really started to change, like internally, externally. Started reading spiritual books then because I was, like, away from home. And um, that's when I really got into my spirituality. And then, um, what was Oh, and then, so, I had a really bad horse accident in 2000 and, let's see, 18? Yeah, 2018. So, not long ago. Mm -mm. No, it's been um, a little over a year. So, long story short, uh, this filly was galloping and she went down head over heels on top of me and broke my olecranon, which is your elbow joint. And... um, so what the surgeon had to do was cut my tricep and then put a plate like under a little bit of the tricep all the way around and then up part of part of the way on my forearm. But that's what took so long was the tricep had to grow back. And um, on my Instagram, if you go on the highlights or whatever, it says recovery. And so it takes you through like the whole entire recovery process. And like it looked like I didn't even have an elbow. My arm was just like a sausage. Wow. And so um, then when that that was like – and this is like the spiritual part for me. So I said – uh, I need a break from riding so I can start my business. And literally like right after that, I broke my arm. Thank God it wasn't more because I thought my hips were broken too. And so um, I broke my arm and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna start my business and, or at least try. And so, cause I was on, let me back up. I was on Workman's Comp and I'm the type of person like I had between three and seven jobs. Like I always have like little auditing jobs my whole life. And so it was driving me absolutely insane. So I was working out with the broken arm, like doing what I could with the rest of my body, like core and back and um, legs. And that was just like a whole transformational process for me. And then um, I was like, okay, I'm going to start. And um, I don't know if I can get in trouble for this, but I worked like under the table. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I know the FBI is listening, but I don't have any listeners, so you're fine. Okay, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but I did that, and then my partner is actually she started her business consulting or her consulting business and it's called scale female and so she helps female entrepreneurs start their business yeah so yeah and so she did all my branding all of all of that so big shout out to scale female she's fantastic um and she helped me like figure out like find my voice and like figure out what i wanted to do and like my first like business meetings, I think I cried at every one of them yeah. because I was just like, I don't know. The and here you are in the mic,
0: feeling comfortable. Yeah. yeah. And like,
1: <laughs> it was just crazy. But and it's been a crazy year. So I started my business last year. It's been probably about 14 months ago. Okay. My birthday, my one year business birthday was in August. So huge. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. Well, so I mean, we talked about this a little bit before the cast, and
0: there's a lot that I'm excited to unpack here. Um, one, uh, it, you remind me so much of me uh I'm not I don't think I'm that much older I think about 10 years but anyways probably just, like two probably like two adding Botox be good <laughs> um but we but it's almost uh like this more is more it, and you train and you work hard and I mean you just said like I didn't want to be a horse trainer because I worked seven days a week and then five seconds later you're saying well I worked seven three to seven jobs like who says that um so you're constantly working and this process and apart from us looking similar I, I can see this process and journey within you like similar to me like I had Injury, breakdown, breakthrough—you take away this constant, and now I have to like re-identify as an athlete because I can't play. So that provides clarity, and within that university, spe- or university, good grace, university speaks. Um, in that more is more we train, are intentional and we're clear on like our pursuits and like in training and then something halts you and it forces you to be still. And then you have to feel all the feels and learn all the things and clarity comes around what's really important to you. And you have this immense growth while you heal, you know, from this injury, but like your mind and your experience and again, clarity is provided. Sure. So it, it, it provides those like pivot points in your world. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how you said, you know, you you wanted to pivot and then like injury happened, like you kind of put it out there unknowingly spiritually. Yeah, and then (laughs) then it happens and like that pivot happens. Um, So with all this experience, and and again, this is where I think we're kind of similar, like I had hustle and this, and then it was like breakdown, breakthrough, like this is pivoted, whether it was like injury or loss of contract or what have you, again, it's that be still, pivot, and then you take the next step forward. do you think you're kind of at a pivot point right now? Now that you're healed with injury, business is off the ground, in a happy relationship, would do you feel like you're in pivot transition as of this point right now,
1: or do you think you're more on clear towards your path? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think I'm always and as most people are like in some sort of pivot, so, you know, some sort of transformation, like yeah. whatever's going on in your life. So yeah, I do feel in a huge like transi- tra- transitional period right now in my life with my business because now I feel um more comfortable with my business oh and going back to like working seven days a week like the the problem with that for me at the racetrack was like it was always fixed and I think for yeah. me I just needed the idea of being free and I'll work as many hours as I have to yes it's just like if I need to take Sunday off or it's like this Thursday Friday Saturday I would have never been able to experience this at be golden
0: you Had, had been at the
1: racetrack, yeah, because I didn't have control of having days off because the horses need to eat, they need to run, all of that. Right. So, anyway, um, yeah, I do feel like I'm in a huge trans- transitional period right now in my life, and for my business, the difference in this year and last year for me is um, I've implemented a lot of like business practices that have helped me and like learn just like learned along the way, like by failing and then coming coming out of that. But um, now I have you know, contracts with my clients, like stuff like that, that helps, that gives me, that relieved a lot of stress when I did that, which they're paying the same thing. It's just like under a contract and I feel protected and I had no idea. Like just little things like that, that, um, I've learned as I kind of went, but yeah, I feel like this year I can really start to, or well, next year, 2020, I can really start to scale my business in terms of like, I've learned time management better. And like, Mm -hmm. Um, also boundaries, like how to protect my own time. Like after yeah. a certain time, um, I don't really, I won't check my phone. Like if I'm having dinner with my partner or anything like that, I will just like not answer. And I'm like, I can answer my clients tomorrow. Whereas before I'm like, I have to answer right away or I'll lose them or something like that. And I'm like, no, I can wait. And they respect that. Like when you set that, that boundary. So I've, I guess this year's really been about learning boundaries and, um, this straight up business, like, cause yeah. I knew nothing about running. I mean. I had a house cleaning business through college, but I, like, just did that. That was, like, cash money type thing. It well, wasn't you probably actual. knew more than you knew.
0: You just It wasn't formal in your mind of this is how it's run. You knew how to do it. Like, you knew, like, the street game. And it's not that different than the formal education game of of running a business. You just have to know how to, like, implement some of the systems you already know and label them accordingly. Right. Like, if it's street knowledge. You kind of learn the hard way, like mm-hmm. the hustling version, and then now you just got to put a tuxedo on it. Yeah.
1: Well, that helped. I mean, like, seriously, Stephanie with scale, like, she helped me with, she was like, no, do it, like, like, she would ask the right questions. And yeah. then I would be like oh shoot, like what what was I even thinking, (laughs) you know, so. (laughs) Well, I think uh, a lot of people like us, like entrepreneurs, you do it because you do,
0: you want to run your own schedule, you have your own time and, and, you know, be free. The irony is we are kind of slaves to our phone. In the beginning, you have to be, you have to be available, you have to do everything, you have to wear all the hats, you have to do all this stuff and you really aren't in control of your life. Even though we're entrepreneurs and we think we are, you're not really. Until you have breakdown, breakthrough of, okay, no, I have a boundary, like, this you know time with my animal my dog is important time with my relationship is important time with my family is important and you start to have these boundaries which Mm -hmm. it took me a long time I'm still learning um to implement implement them into your world so then you can be 100% when you do have those times with your client or with your training or with your preparing for the next situation um you have to like kind of almost manage yourself and your time more than you manage anything else and that in itself is a learning process mm-hmm. um, and I agree with you I think it is uh, I like to ask people a pivot point because in, in my world the way I digest that is we're constantly evolving mm-hmm. and you're constantly learning and I love hearing that because the second you kind of stand still and let things pass you by and think your business is enough is the second you get passed over and like the next thing comes out particularly in two thousand, you know 19 when Everything's digital and everything's flying 100 miles an hour. Things that are relevant now aren't relevant five minutes from now. For sure. And, you know, trends are happening. You have to stay above it. So it's this constant balance of staying ahead, working, and then taking enough space to have your own time, recharge, keep your priorities straight, keep yourself grounded, um, and then it's,
1: and then staying on the trend-setting tip. So it's, it's a constant juggling act. Yeah, for me, it's always, like, with the, the balance of business and, and stepping away from that, it's the mm, – I can't I can't remember what you said what you said something else (laughs) um for me it's like I I feel like now with everything like like your business your business like everybody's an influencer and like you always have to like hustle 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 but then I I noticed this as a trend with my clients like they all feel like or not all of them some of them feel like they're not doing enough. And I'm like, whoa, like you can take time to like drink your coffee and not check messages or email. Like you can take that time to yourself. And then when you work, work hard. Like when you're working, like put in the work. And um, when you're not like, chill, like let your mind come down. Let that stress happen. And like for, it's so funny. Like when I train people, the people that are like me, I make them rest for like say a minute, minute and a half. I'm like, all right, you have a 90 second rest or a 60 second rest. And they're like fidgeting around. I'm like, you just sit, you're just going to chill. Be still. And that's the hardest thing for some people. And I, you know, and I learned that from like yoga too. Like you, some of the hardest poses are shavasana, which is laying flat on your back and doing nothing (laughs) and trying not to fall asleep and try. Yeah. (laughs) You can, if you want to. (laughs) Well, okay. So let's,
0: um, minor pivot, but I want you to get into, um, how spirituality has played a role in your life and
1: how you think it'll continue to play a role um, and how that keeps you grounded. Okay. Um, yeah. So spirituality for me, I've started reading a lot of really good spiritual books, which do you want me to tell them or anything you want to share?
0: Yeah. People usually
1: like to hear like
0: what what you recommend or process.
1: Okay. So like, um, I started with Don Miguel Ruiz, which is like the four, he started, he has the four agreements, the mastery of love and the voice of knowledge. And for me that was super transformational. Um, because first of all, I had just gotten out of college and gotten my degree and been out in the world, like moved away from Lexington, was in Florida, had never been away from, um, like family like that. And so I got off work my first day and I remember I had like between three and seven jobs and that's not even exaggerating. So then I was done at 11 after riding and I was like, what is this life? Like, this is weird. And then I didn't know anybody. So, um, I started reading those books, and they're, you can read them in a day. They're super easy, and it's like baseline text for spiritual um, stuff. Um, so I started reading that, and then I went into reading Caroline uh, Mace. And it's M-Y-S-S, um, Anatomy, Anatomy of the Spirit, and that's one like we were talking yesterday about how it's like the you read it one time, and then you open your consciousness and awareness, and then you read it another time, and it's like reading the book all over again. Um, so I started reading those books, and then – just expanding my awareness which I believe has helped me in my training business now it's helped me with like the horses when I was galloping um and I still go, go and gallop but it's helped me a lot with like horses humans like learning to be patient looking at stuff from like a higher perspective um and I a hundred percent am always seeking to learn more in the spiritual world or I love to learn period but like in the spiritual world um because I think that it Connecting the mind, body, and spirit is like what we're here to do. We're here to evolve, and that's like why we have a soul in our body. Our soul wants to evolve, and like through human connection. So that's why I love like being able to like come to a conference like this and connect with you and connect with. And now like podcasting's a thing. You can connect yeah. to to people through podcasting and stuff like that. But I think that we're ultimately here to connect with other humans. Could not agree more. Well, and what I love is you know I hail from
0: athlete and then marketing and branding space and it's happened very organically to get into like quote unquote influencer marketing. Um, so for a business, it's it's very monetizable right now because it's buzzwords, companies want it, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's fine because I do think money makes the world go round. And so if you can find really great companies and good humans that are genuinely good, you have to have a strong filter with influencers and put them together, we can really evoke these larger messages. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of keep it simple with like the business conversation. But then on the back end, I apply my heart space of like, okay, I, I know how to find the right people to speak about the right things the right way. So, you know, if we're selling t-shirts or protein packs or whatever, I'm picky on certain companies, but, um, more As importantly, be. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> more importantly, we're evoking social change and broadening horizons, even if it's small, just to like question a better way on a small level. Mm-hmm. Why do I care about protein? Why do I care about talking about race? Why do I care about talking about equality? But these are just cultivating like little droplets through branding and marketing, um, to further this conversation. So with that, from my side, how have you at this point, like I love that you have the voice you have, you've got this physical platform with training and fitness, and then this spiritual side, how do you knowingly or unknowingly um, make these three angles, if you will, kind of collaborate? Like how does the spiritual side impact the
1: training side and vice versa? That's a great question. A big part for me, and I don't know how I knew this just from like the beginning, was like I just meet people where they are spiritually. So like if they don't have no interest in learning about it, I don't mention it, but some people you can drop, like, little nuggets, like, and I'll be like, oh, pull the rope towards your crown chakra, haha," and, like, make a joke about it. <laughs> like, I have this one client, she's absolutely amazing, and um, I said, pull the, the rope towards your crown, your head, and I said, or your crown chakra, like, just kidding, and she was like, what's a chakra? And I was like, girl, Shakira. you don't know what chakras are, are you kidding me? And, like, we're going back and forth, like, bantering, and then at the end of the workout, she's, we, and my gym you have to go up the stairs to leave, she was like, "Whoop." my leg chakras are hurting. And yeah. I like lost it. And she was like, what's so funny? And I was like, nothing. I said, when you read about chakras, yeah. and then we're going to laugh about it together. <laughs> so literally, like last week, this was like six months ago, like last week, she texted me in all capital letters. I'm reading about chakras. Yes. And like, Yeah. And so like, it's just dropping nuggets in for people. Dude, that's not
0: like that's influencer marketing. That's influencer marketing at its finest. Like you literally change the trajectory trajectory of somebody's Mental thought and how they believe moving
1: forward, like that's huge. So that's interrupting, but yes, no, that's good. Yeah, I love it. So yeah, I just I think that you have to meet people where they are, and if you go at it like, oh, I'm super yoga yoga sunny now and we're going to go through this work. No, like that doesn't work. People are like, what are you doing? So I think that it's important to like, just, I'm, I be myself a hundred percent. Like when I train people, like I'm a very blunt person. So like, <laughs> yes, she is. And, and it's, I think people appreciate it too. I'm trying to be polished right now. No, but. no. <laughs> well, I've, I've learned again. This is kind of why you remind me of learning
0: grace over time. Cause I, yeah. I had three younger brothers. So, like you have something to say, you're just going to say it, you put it out there. Um, but there's certain situations I have to implement whatever grace is within me too. Um, communicate a message and and evoke a response that I'm looking for versus a wall. Um, But I'm with you in that. But in, you know, in 2019, I think the the more you get to know yourself, you don't need to appeal to everyone. You kind of find your tribe and your audience and you let that
1: be. And, like, if that's your authentic self, then that's your authentic self. Yeah, and, like, I learned that from going kind of derailing. Um, I learned that from horses. Like, so galloping. If, If you don't know anything about galloping, basically, like, you have your set list of horses and your trainer gives you horses and they try to match riders to horses. But sometimes, like, You'll get on this horse and it like hates you. Just to, like be one <laughs> about it. Like it does not like you. Animals don't lie. Animals and, and babies. Yeah. And like, it's just your energy doesn't match. And it's nothing personal because you don't like that horse as much as it doesn't like you. And then another rider will get on it and then it goes fine. It doesn't try to buck it off. It doesn't try to rear up and dump you on and laugh at you while you're like on the ground crying. Uh, <laughs> but then on the flip side, I might get a horse. Like there's this filly that I loved. Her name is, um, oh my God. I'll think of it. Daring Duchess. I love that filly. So extra. (laughs) Her name's Daring (laughs) Duchess. She has a beautiful, like, white face, which is rare in the racehorse community. And, like, she's a red filly. And the trainer was like, all right, Sunny, here's my advice. Just – this is Bill. He was like, (laughs) yeah, Bill, just point her in the right direction and let her go however fast she wants to go. I said, okay, Bill. (laughs) And so, like, and normally they'll be like, do this, do this. He was like, just do what she wants. A lot of riders have problems with that because they want to control it. Yeah. I'm not that rider. Like, I understand, like, I understand, like, maybe her ovaries hurt or something. Maybe her yeah. little back hurts, whatever. So, like, it took me three weeks with this filly, like, through hell. And I learned, like, one day I learned she, like, threw her head down. And, like, I grabbed her. And she was like, oh, no, girl. Like, I'm yes. and she took me for a ride. And, like, you get it done and you're like, oh, my God, your whole body is dripping in sweat. Like, you've used every single muscle that you have to hold this horse. And the next day I was like. I'm not fighting with your girl. And I'm like talking to her the whole time she's jogging. Like, cause she'll try to jump off and gallop. Yeah. And you want him to jog, he wants him to jog a little bit, but she doesn't jog. So, anyway, every day I got her to jog one step farther. Like, nice. one, it was just one step. And I'd be like, yeah, girl. And I'd like whisper to her. like, you did good. And then she would like kind of get excited. And one day, by accident, I went to like grab her and she threw her head and she jerked the reins out of my hands. And I was like, oh shit, like I'm up here. Yeah. And cause you're riding like this short, like a foot short on this horse. And so you have like no leg on the horse. And then, so I just grabbed her mane because I grew up riding bareback. So I knew to do that. Oh. So I like, grabbed her mane and then she put her head down and then like lifted it up perfectly where the horse is supposed to put their head when they gallop and like galloped like a princess. And I was oh. like, that's what you've been
0: wanting this whole time. Why didn't you tell me? Yeah.
1: And so then she's like, so she put her head up and we galloped around and then like the next day I learned her lead. So like horses have like the right side and the left side when they gallop and they want to be on the right lead when they're down the stretch, left lead when they're on the turn. And so... I learned that she is so tall and lanky that she has to like stride really fast, like three strides really fast to switch. And that's, what's comfortable for her. Okay. And so I would let her. And then one day it was by accident. I like, she sped up and I just like let her. So I was like, all right, she'll come back, whatever, come back, meaning she'll slow back down. And so then she switched and then she settled right back down. And I didn't touch her mouth because the the horses don't, you'll get riders that jerk their mouth and it hurts them. You know, obviously they have a giant bit in their mouth. Right. And, um, So anyway, I learned like every day it was like a lesson, and then by the and then she was my horse. Like people were like, "How do you ride that horse?" And I was like, "Girl, it's taken me like three weeks." But then after that, she was my horse all season until like um, I no longer rode for Bill, and the only reason I didn't was because I wanted to move back to Kentucky, and he's he doesn't have a string in Kentucky. Well, Lexington anyway. So um, yeah, it's just I learned anyway. Circling back around, I learned from horses that like. Just because somebody doesn't like you or isn't about your vibe or doesn't like your brand or doesn't, it, it, don't focus on that person. Yeah. Focus a hundred percent on the one person that's there for you. Focus yeah. on that person, and it'll turn into two, and then it'll turn into three, and then you can focus and help those people. But if you focus on the people that like can't stand you because of the way you look, because of the way they walk, because you're gay, because whatever, because of the color of your skin, like that's not the person that you need to focus on. Like right. you need to focus on the people that are for you and about you and going to help you. But, but you also want people in your corner that are going to tell you the truth about you, like check you. So
0: well, and I, to your point, I think that the opposition will always be there. Like you we can't, we want to change the world or forging space, whether it's through fitness or social change or what have you. Uh, on the flip side there will always be someone against what you're doing so mm-hmm. if you can just understand that and embrace that and like learn to let that go which is really hard because we I all think that's like what
1: you learn in your 20s you know like I us carry it over to my 30s I think so well, sometimes too. yeah but, but a lot yeah. of times like in your 20s you learn like oh not everybody likes me and some people do and that's fine yeah. but like I, I i see that so much and with in myself i struggled so much when like i'd be like why don't they like like why don't they like me? I tried, like I'm trying to be nice. They just don't like the way I talk or yeah. my energy's too much for them. And that's
0: okay. Well, I think though, with the horse, the, the valid feedback there, and it's like beautifully serendipitous that you had this experience training animals and now you're training humans. And I think people think it's easier because humans can verbally converse. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's 80% as a comedy, I don't remember the stat, but 80, 80% of, uh, communication is, is nonverbal, like body language. Mm-hmm. So I think that, experience with animals is, is hugely indicative of your abilities to communicate with people now because I think so much of our they don't like me is misunderstanding. Yes. They may not, it might not be about me at all. Maybe they just had a trauma in their life and they're just shut down. They don't want to evoke any positive emotion. I mean, there's just so much room for Absolutely. misinterpretation. Do some of them not like me? hundred um, percent. But on the flip side, I think a lot of it's just misunderstanding and we don't take the time to get to know each other or maybe we, it's, you know time and case sensitive, or we're busy, or whatever the excuse is. I think it's more misunderstanding than people genuinely not liking each other.
1: I Um, totally agree with that. It's like, you can shift the energy in a room just by asking somebody that, like, hey, how are you today? And like, genuinely ask them, look at them in the eyes, like, how are you doing? And then they're like, oh, I'm actually not good, or I'm okay. They respond with that. And like, you're totally right about it. We are walking around, like, full of ego and full of, like, Oh, well, they don't like me, but it's not necessarily, like you said, it's not necessarily about you. It's like they, right. like, it's just, it could be, I mean, they could have cramps. You know, you don't know what's going on. We always want to control the, net. we live in myopic space where it's about me or because of
0: me or for me. Like that is our natural almost state of mind. Mm-hmm. And it's a part of that constant evolution is shifting that. Uh, awareness and constantly be like, Oh yeah, maybe it's just not about me. Like mm-hmm. I know I'm Beyonce in my mind, but <laughs> it's not, they don't know that I'm Beyonce yet. So it's, it's this, um, keeping the narrative open of not keeping tight to your narrative but knowing you can't tell somebody else's or you don't know what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you never know anyone's story. And like, that's kind of one of the sides I do love about social media in 2019. You get to see these angles of people. You're like, Oh, I didn't know that. Like, I, I always say HBT heavy, heavy basic tendencies, because um, I look like, you know, blonde female, fitness, like all the basic stereotypes you could apply, and then it's like, oh, maybe you listen to a cast, you see what I do, and it's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know you, d- you do that, or you care about these things, or you're into what I've, X, Y, and Z. And so I know if I can tell that story, then I have no idea about what angles other people um, what experiences they have, what opinions they have, like you really can't judge a book by its cover. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think while that's overwhelming, it's really exciting because you see all these, that's why it's turmeric and tequila, it's like this juxtaposition of all things. Um, And then you get to, people are so multifaceted, there's such an opportunity to learn there and hear about experiences and viewpoints and we don't have enough time to do all the learning in the world. Like sometimes you just have to hear someone's version and experience that and that has to be enough because you can't get it all in. so anyways, on that point, I'm going to shift a little bit. Speaking of human and animal behavior, but talk to me a little bit about spirit animals, um, what animals you identify with. You can mention your tattoo, like anything you want
1: to share. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm super into uh... – like Animal Speak. There's a book called Animal Speak that my I have to get this. I've not read Okay. Karen. My Aunt Mary got it for me for my birthday years ago, and I remember it, it, I remember it sat on my bookshelf for like a year before I picked it up, and then I was like, oh my god, it was amazing. So it's super hoagie for some people, but for me, I love it, and I connect with it. So it's like, um, like, he talks about the way in which, e- ecology, which is the way in which animals and nature communicates with you on a daily basis, mm-hmm. and in, soci- in like today's society we live in cities and we or we live this fast paced life so we have learned to not pay attention to like are you going north south east or west like wh- which way are you going we don't know because we have a phone um yeah so he talks about specifically that like directional stuff with animals and like how they're communicating with you and how you can um, sit and meditate and like communicate with nature to communicate your language so like if you see a hawk flying straight forward for you that could mean something specific that you've like connected with, um, with mother nature through meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, or like he explains like what it means to him if they go left to right, right to left, stuff like that. So you can get like real, uh, you can really geek out in that book, um, and about animal spirit animals. Um, but for me, hawks really started to come to me after my grandpa passed away. Um, and that helped me, just through that situation. And I think, you know, for some people, it might be hokey. Some people might be interested in it. I think it's whatever really helps you through like a death or, um, a traumatic situation. Um, animals for me, my spirit animal is a horse ever since I was a little kid. And he says this in the book, like, um, what animal were you attracted to when you were like three or four or five, you know, like think back to that. And for me, I was like, I was obsessed with horses, never had a horse in my life, never touched a horse. Until I was ten, and uh, my family moved around a lot, but ended up landing in Monticello, Kentucky, which is like horse land. And you know, it's just like in a holler, <laughs> okay. like an actual holler. But uh, it's almost what's a, what's a holler? I <laughs> dude, I don't know any of these things. <laughs> it's in the country. Okay. Like we had like a Walmart, and that we we got an overnight Walmart, and that was like a big deal. Oh, okay. So there's four stoplights. Oh, it's like real small. Yes, girl. Okay. Wait, and were I there was, cars or I was, were we like
0: legit riding horseback and like buggy? No, there's you know? no no no,
1: we're not on it. Uh, okay. there's definitely cars, but like I was like one of the only lesbians there. And okay. I came out when I was sixteen, so that I was like the football playing lesbian. And so like <laughs> <laughs> Bold moves across the board. so you've been shaking up the game from like day one. So this, I guess. Is, this is safe space like across the board for you. Uh yeah. I, I just like came I I came out and I was like, look guys, I like Females and uh, there's no other people here that likes females, so this is weird. <laughs> I'm gonna get on my horse and leave now. <laughs> but I'm gonna go now as soon as I turn 18. Like I popped my feet and was gone. I was yeah. like, I can't, I can't be here. But it's great. I love Monticello. I love going back to like visit and like it's country. But anyway, my grandpa had ponies, and uh, he had a, a miniature pony named or no, I, I named I named her horse. My because little pony. I wanted a real horse because yeah. she was very small. She, she named the pony horse. Yes, That's her is horse, and she's the most amazing thing that ever happened to me. She almost killed me a thousand times, but I deserved it. And I needed to learn those life lessons, right? And so I would ride her. My grandpa was like, you're not going to stick with riding. I'm not buying you a saddle. And I was just like, yes, I am, grandpa. And so, but wait. Wait, wait, did that kind of make you do it because somebody said you couldn't? No, hold on. Well, you could could, uh, diagnose. Yeah, Yeah. you can pick that apart in a minute. So we moved there. He has a horse, and I begged him every day for like six months. It was probably like a day. But in my head, it was forever. And I was like, please let me ride horse. Please let me ride horse. He's like, no, no, no. And then finally, I was like, one day, the first day I ever did it, she's like standing there, I'm petting her, and I just wrapped my arms around her neck, and I said, I wish I could ride horse. And oh, the next yeah. thing I knew is he like grabbed my pants back here, like the back of my pants, and like, and I was sitting on the horse. He like threw me on the horse. Yeah, and I was like... <gasps> And I looked at him and he looked at me and he had the biggest smile on his face. And she's she had never been ridden. She's not broken. She was like a year and a half old, not even two years old yet. And he said, you better hold on. And he went, (laughs) "Ah." and he like smacked her ass and she took off like a lightning bolt, shot me so high. She bucked me off so hard. And then I hit the ground in like a pile and I am sobbing and screaming. And I'm like, I'm never riding a horse again. And he was like, Oh yeah. And he comes over to oh, me. He's God. laughing so hard. He's crying. And he comes over to me and he's like, Oh yeah, you are. And he like calls her over and she comes trotting back over. He said, you better hold on better this time. And he like threw me up again, like while I'm crying. And I like held on around her neck. And so that's how I learned to ride. So when I went in college, my degree is in equine uh, science. And so uh the, the teacher there named Dixie, she's amazing. It's for the North American racing Academy. Um, they had round pens, and I was like, Academy. what is this? Are you What's a round? oh the pin is round. It's it's just a small area where you can get bucked off in and tr- and actually break a horse the proper way. Okay. But my grandpa put me in a giant field with nothing on the, the horse. old school way. Yeah. Yeah, like the old school way, and and I was like, what is this? She was like, it's a round pin. It's like where you properly break a horse. Like, and I was like, I was like weak. this. Yes, I was like, <laughs> I can't. Can I cuss on here? Yeah, dude. We, my grandpa you already did. My uh, my grandpa was just like he wouldn't let me. I, like I didn't wear a helmet because he said it's for pussies, and I was like round pens are for pussies, and she was like you can't say that,
0: and I was like
1: but it's true, and yeah. so uh, it was just really funny, and I was super hillbilly when I when I went there, and um, but yeah, that's kind of how my love for horses happened, and and I, I it went on for like ended up I. Worked for my grandpa for like a year and saved my allowance. And my allowance was $20 no matter what the job was. One job was to like take the trash out and I got $20. So I was like, this is great. And then the other job was to paint the, inside, the entire outside of a trailer. Oh. And at the end, I'm like, oh, you learned I worked for two days. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, 20 bucks. I was like, oh, no, no no. Like, oh, no, no. And he was like, he was like no, every job is $20. And I was like, okay. So I saved my money and I ended up buying two um, other miniature ponies that are gray. And I named them Thund- Thunderbolt and Sky. Oh my gosh, and I I bought it with my own money for two hundred and fifty dollars and I was so proud that this are they guy, that inexpensive? Like that seems My like grandpa a... knew the guy. Oh, okay. And apparently okay. they probably already negotiated a deal. Yeah. So I negotiated with the guy. He's like, All right, they're three hundred dollars. And I was like I was like I I'll like... give you I said I'll give you two two twenty or something to whatever I said. And he was like two seventy five. And then we worked at two fifty and like when we left I was like, Grandpa, did you renegotiate? I was like okay, super excited. Yeah, yeah. And uh so we got the two horses and he um Somebody can correct me if you know the truth, but I'm still trying to figure it out. But he told me that they were wild Mustangs, miniature Mustangs. And then I learned later on, I told somebody and they were like, Sonny, that's not true. Like he's just but like my grandpa, life. like still to this day, I'm like, I'm finding him in life. Like he used to yeah. pull my leg all the time. But, well, I mean, um, I still
0: believe in Santa. So hold hold tight to the dream. Santa's real. It's yeah, 100%.
1: Fine. It's fine. But, um, uh, yeah.
0: Okay. Well, so circling all back around, like as you speak, I think some of those early life lessons are like similar experiences, like. You dive straight in, you get bucked off the horse, you learn. Like, you dive straight into fitness industry, you get told to do a million squats, and then you learn. Like, yeah. you kind of have this, like, um, constant trial and error, and I think that's really critical to life in general. Um, so with, like, the lesson, oh, and we are speaking about how, you know, you're one of my type A personalities. You're driven. More is more. We're aligning. However, as much as we do think we're in control, like, universe or God or however you PR it in your mind or belief... kind of lines you up and you're right where you need to be. And it's of all the intentional, you know, education and, there's a huge party going on, apparently behind this, uh, (laughs) that you do, like, you're intentional in your pursuits and what you want. However, like, these deeper lessons that are really teamed up for the long game just start to happen and you're right where you need to be. And that's, like, the most cliche thing. And I remember like intuitives or coaches telling me like everything's gonna be okay you're right where you need to get I'm just like no I want like this now and like don't tell me it's gonna wait and then I I think about all the things that I've learned Mm -hmm. outside of school or outside of sports or these intentional pieces that have just like made me pivot without knowing and then ironically like I'm doing a podcast and I always cared about voice and I Bug branding and marketing and sports. We yes. had, but building the team was the key piece. Like all these little like unintentional
1: layers like tee you up. Yes, um. I think I totally agree with that because I learned that with horses. And so I learned human communication. Like horses, you have to learn how to communicate with them without words. And so I learned that with that. And then I used to bartend. So a lot of that kind of goes with uh, like the people skill, the soft skills that you learn goes with mm-hmm. personal training. And like I think every single thing that you do, whether it's like, Uh, No matter what you do is preparing you for the next step. Maybe that's like a relationship that you need to be in and like um, you need to be in that relationship and learn specific lessons to move on to the next one that you're supposed to be in. Or maybe that one just didn't work out for whatever reason. But um, I think that every single thing for as far as career relationships, people that you meet, people that you lose all happens for like the grander cause. And I think I guess the problem or not problem, what happens to a lot of people when they like lose their passion or can't find their passion, it's because they're, um, they kind of fell off, they fell off and they're not paying attention to all the signs that they're getting in their life. Like you're getting signs every single day, whether you want to look at the birds and figure it out that way, however you want to do that, like you just, when things happen and you're not paying attention, I think you get soft, like, hey, like we're trying to communicate something to you, the universe, angels, whatever you want to call it, um, are constantly communicating with you and it's up to you because we have free will to, like, listen or
0: not listen. Or just have a consciousness, an awareness, mm-hmm. like, and take, and take it in. I think you have to seek out those answers, but then, like, as you got your spiritual book or you dug into spirit animals or you went further into horse training, like, you kind of find that path. But I couldn't agree more that it's, like, just a, even a basic level of consciousness of what's going on around you and, and perhaps there's a larger order.
1: And and a lot of people are walking around completely unconscious. Just I think connected. people that, yeah, they're, they're just completely, because un- I was, I mean, I'm still, I just have so much to learn, but, like. I was extremely unaware of like just every any of this stuff just yeah. like seven seven eight years ago whenever I started reading it and I was like oh my god like I didn't realize how helpful uh, a New Earth by Eckhart Tolle is going to be. Told did I say that wrong? I, always I have no to idea. Cool.
0: Well, but I think it's I, I think it's generational. Like these are just conversations that I didn't grow up with, and it's not that it's right or wrong. It's just we didn't we didn't grow up this way. Like the same way we didn't really grow up eating, you know. A, Greek food, we ate more like Italian, like it's just like that's what, so that's what I'm exposed to. So like this is kind of new generation stuff, and it's like new. I want to say within like the past twenty five years. Um, But what's cool again, the social media side, regardless of like parameters we had before, whether it's we didn't live together or we from different locations or um, different races or genders, what have you. Now with social media, it's opened and broke down some of those barriers where I can see how you're living and what you're doing. Mm -hmm. It might not all be real because you know influencers are a thing, Mm -hmm. but I can at least see different ways of doing
1: things and start to ask my own questions. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, in general, but well, what a lot of the spiritual gurus are teaching and have been talking about the psychics, the intuitives, the healers—they've all been saying that we're raising the consciousness. So I don't, I do think it's a trend. Yes. Like it is trendy. People want to jump on, on the spiritual board, but I also do believe that the consciousness is being elevated in the, like the collective consciousness is being elevated. So now the conversation is a lot more open. A hundred percent. Um, so what is, this is, we're kind of taking all that in.
0: What is, uh, what's next for you? Like I know you've got your business, you've got your brand um, you've got the, the spiritual angles, which I know comes into the fitness space in your one-on-ones with your clients all the time. It's
1: got to. Uh, what's What's next for you? What's the next big piece? Uh, so, 2020. Um, what I'm really focusing on, honestly, is just like the foundation of my business and making it stronger. Yeah. Um, I think that I have had the perfect people put in my life. Um, my business consultant, um, everybody else has all these people that have been put in my life that are really my family. Um, my close friends, like they've been uh, helped me, um, get to where I am. And I've built this like foundation with my business and I'm more confident this year than I was last year, which is really nice. That was one thing I really wanted um, to work on myself personally is, um, my, my self-confidence and being confident in what I do and knowing that I can do it. So now this next year in business, I really want to focus on learning better business practices Um, and not necessarily, I was focused on getting a lot of clients, but I have plenty of clients now and my focus now is to like pour into them. Every ounce of energy that I have to pour into my clients, that's what I want to do because I want them to succeed, which means I succeed, like I, I want their success and that's truly all that I want and I want to focus on them. That's why I created my Instagram page for my my business, and that's like really highlighting them. Yeah. Um. Because I don't want I I really struggled in the beginning with building my business. Mm-hmm. Like this is Sunnybain Fitness, but this is about them. This isn't about me anymore. Yeah. And um, I had a really hard time with that in
0: the beginning. I, was I get that hard. a lot, particularly with my female people. Like when we have consultations, they don't want to be the star of the show. Myself included. It's it's a little bit weird. I will say this: if you're not saying it, and you bring, you bring all this eclectic experience to the table, and all this eq and iq and again experience if you're not sharing these messages it's almost a disservice mm-hmm. and who else is going to tell your story and you at this point in life you know your story is of value you know you have things and messages and experience to to offer it could be education with someone else or helping streamline their process or, or genuine wisdom and knowledge or maybe you open up the doors to their spiritual journey i think once you can shift that narrative around like it's about me i'm beyonce i'm madonna i'm these things mm-hmm. And I have
1: really important messages that I've gone through injury. And if this helps you, please take it and run. Yeah. That's or another whatever. thing. Like with my, what's really helped me in my business is all of my past injuries. Like one time I was in a wheelchair because of a horse accident. The other wow. time was because of the, the elbow one. And like that process was something like, um, a horse rode up, flipped on me. I was in a wheelchair. Long story short, they had to fly me to, um, well, they had to drive me in an ambulance to Somerset. Um, I was in, I was in Macquarie County Anyway, it's about a 30, 40-minute drive, and I got there, and they uh, so they took me in, um, and I was, like, in so much pain. Like, I couldn't move. Uh, the phone call that my mom and my dad got was that I was flipped on by a horse, and I couldn't move. Um, so, And then she hung up because my friend was, like, sobbing and, like, hysterical. And so then my they thought that I was dead. And so oh, everybody God. rushes there, gets there, um, and my mom still, like, still stresses her out to talk about it. And I'm like, Mom, it's fine. Not kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so anyway, they take me into the the hospital and um or in the room and they give they finally gave me morphine. I was begging for like pain stuff. I was like, this hurts so bad. And so they couldn't give me anything in the ambulance, they gave me something there, and then um everybody started showing up, and I remember there were just so many people in my room, and I looked up and Pastor Mike was there. So I used to go to um, a Christian church in Monticello and he was there, and so he like laid hands on me, and then like everybody oh, let me back up. So the x rays came back and my my pelvic bone was broken. My tailbone was broken. They said my femur was crushed, which was the biggest concern because your femur, your femur is your thigh bone. If you don't know what what bone that is, um, so they said it was crushed, and they had to fly. They were about to fly me to the UK because they couldn't do that surgery there. Wow. And then my shoulder was, my collarbone was broken as well. So they're all praying over me, and I remember him putting his hands on my thigh, and um, then everybody just kind of followed suit and. They said that like everybody was out the door all the way into like the the hallway, into the waiting room and praying for me. And so then they put me in the helicopter and I go, and I remember I was on morphine. So it was kind of like, you know, like what's really <laughs> not, You know, yeah, like I'm on yeah, morphine. You're out there, yeah. And uh, so I get there and they take me out and it's routine to do x-rays again. And so, and I remember like some weird stuff happened in the helicopter, like in, in my head. Like I was just like, I like saw things. I don't know, anyway. Um, I get there, they take me out and, um, uh, they re x-ray me, which is if you've ever broken a lot of bones at once, it's like the most painful thing. Like I was screaming bloody murder. It was horrible. And so they re x-ray me and then they take me, uh, to the waiting room. So I had to wait for an entire 24 hours before I got a room because they're so backed up. Yeah. Well, the doctor comes in and he puts the x-rays up from Somerset and then he puts the x-rays up. He was like, so, uh, good news and, um, weird news. He said, um, your, your tailbone's broken. He said your pelvic bone is clean break, which is great. It's, it's in a good spot. Um, so there's no casting there. He said, um, your shoulder isn't broken. Um, but we don't, uh, he said your shoulder's not broken. He said, but your femur bone isn't, there's nothing wrong with it. And he has the x-rays. Wow. I like have them like x-rays of the crushed one. And then like, no, no. Tell me you've posted about this. Like, this I know. A, oh like my God, this is a crazy story. No, no, I think people have really leaned into that. Yeah, it, I haven't. And and so, but I feel like people would be like, that's eh, not true. Like it doesn't.
0: Yeah, but again, as we said, the opposition will always be there. And then the ones, the believers are like, oh my God, affirmations everywhere. Like this is. True.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Large order. So he shows me that and I was like, doc. And I just remember saying, I know you're the doctor, but my shoulder hurts worse than anything down there. Like my yeah. shoulder hurts. So bad. He's like, okay, we'll take you in an MRI. And then they put me through an MRI and it was dislocated and all Ugh. my ligaments and tendons were, were torn. So that was the only injuries that I had. Every injury was self-healing. Wow. And so he was like, okay, so you're gonna be in a wheelchair, you're gonna be slaying in a neck brace, and you're gonna be on these pain medicines. So I had to stay in the hospital for a week, eight days. And then um, he said, you're not gonna walk for three three minimum and then six max. Um, again, with all of these injuries. And he said, like, but he said three, and I was like, oh no. I'm going to be walking on my birthday. Yeah. And this was September 1st when it happened. And then I said, I'm going to be walking on my birthday. My birthday's October 15th. And, and he really was just like, like Haha, okay, like, yeah, good. I'm glad that you're positive about it. And I was like, nope. And I remember sitting in my wheelchair and I can ride a hell of a wheel, a wheelie in a wheelchair <laughs> with no wheelie bars. Care. Yeah. And so uh, I would just like sit and like ride wheelies and like do anything that I could. And um, October 15th, a bunch of my friends came over like, and we had like a little party at my house. And I walked out, like I got up and I, that was my first day that I walked and I walked on my birthday, oh my but yeah. Strong will. And again, I think that's like lessons think... that come through all the way from day one. Yeah. I think that it's like you, it, and I tell people all the time, it's mind over matter. Like when I train yeah. them, I'm like, push, I make people push past. Like if something's burning and hurting, I'm like three more and they're like three more. And I'm like, now you're arguing with me. Now you're holding the weights in the air and now it's getting worse. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, that's why I do that is to teach people because it's just your mind, Your, your mind. You have so much power and you have no idea. Well, like, I,
0: I love that you are in the physical space. Like, again, doing these, like, nuggets, as you say, are droplets of higher, like, mental conversation because you kind of meet people at their level, whether it's fitness, spiritual, whatever. And then it's somebody's spiritual infiltrate. we can out. Yeah, like, yeah, yes, yes. yes. Okay, well, on that note, we'll wrap up. Um, tell me, where do we find you, uh,
1: business, personal, whatever you want to share? Awesome. Um, Sunny Bane is my name, S-U-N-N-Y, B-A-Y-N-E. And then on Instagram, it's just Sunny Bain. And then I have my training account, which is Sunny Bain Training. And then on Facebook, SunnyBane Fitness. Pretty much, if you type in SunnyBane, you'll find it. You got your um, Yeah, and then that's it. Cool. Well, if they have questions, reach out to you. You're accessible. Yes, yes. for sure. Like, reach right. out to me um, on probably Instagram would be best. Reach out to me if you have questions, there, comments, or concerns. Slide in the DMs. She's got. You got to check out the swag.
0: Um, her, she's one of these as a branding professional that like her voice. The way she looks, her energy absolutely matches her name. So she was born to be doing what she's doing, which is clear through all this communication.
1: Yeah, and the swag's not actually online, so it's, oh, it's coming out. Yeah. Well <laughs> it's uh, it's, it's really for my clients. really I'm for my I'm really like focused on my clients. So it's like local, but so it's you, exclusive. It's yeah. Okay. So if if you really really want something you can message me but so I, I haven't yes. launched that yet so. okay well no
0: pressure yeah I told <laughs> Chloe and other girls I'm like you gotta run for president on a different cast so I'm just like pushing people in the direction I want them to go that's awesome yeah <laughs> um but thank you for your energy please keep doing what you're doing um and hopefully maybe next year we'll catch up and on retouch base awesome thank
1: you so much cool. for having me thank you cheers